We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. All right, well, we're going to get going. Uh, this is Chris Biederman. You guys are listening to Candlestick Chronicles on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Kyle Madsen is here. I haven't heard him yet. Oh, Kyle left. Anyway, um, so John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan spoke to reporters today. We're recording this Tuesday evening. Uh, and we spoke with George Kittle and Trent Williams, Jimmy Ward and DJ Jones, but really... Obviously, with the start of training camp coming Wednesday, the, the big conversation is going to be surrounding the uh, the quarterback situation. So Kyle Shanahan was pretty definitive today in what he said. Um, he basically said Jimmy Garoppolo is going to work, work with the starters and Trey Lance is going to be the backup to start camp, which isn't exactly a surprise. Um, but I think we have Kyle Madsen here. Kyle, can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. I couldn't at first, but that's fine. Technology, you know, it's 2021. We're still getting used to this. Yeah, we're still getting used to Green Room. Shout out to Spotify and the and the good folks over there for for helping us out here. But uh, Kyle, what did you make of Kyle Shanahan's declaration that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to open training camp as a starter? Um, it's not going to be an open competition, at least <laughs> until <laughs> at least until Trey Lance makes it a competition. Uh, so the 49ers are kind of slow playing it, but what, what was your take after reading, uh, after reading what Kyle Shanahan said today? Yeah, it's not an open competition right now. I have a bottle of wine sitting right here. It's not open right now, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, that's, that's kind of what I, what I took away from it. Like he's, he's right. If they had to play a game on Sunday, Trey Lance may not even be the QB two, but he has a month and a half of practices, three games, to prove that he gives them the best the best chance to win. Because while Kyle Shanahan very bluntly put it when kind of pressed on it, like Jimmy's the QB one, Trey's the QB two, 
There's no open competition. He tried to put it in as blunt a terms as possible. Uh, he then turned right around and was like, well, if we, we're going to have the, best, the player who gives us the best chance to win, be the starter. Yeah. And so to me, okay, that's not an open competition where Lance is getting reps at the ones, but if he's crushing it with the twos, he's going to start getting some reps at the ones. And that may not happen in week one or week two, but it would not surprise me at all if that happens at some point during camp. Totally agree. And the context here is that Trey Lance has had seven practices, all of which did not include uh, going against an actual pass rush. In, in OTAs uh, that we watched, that the media was allowed to watch, there was no lineman on the field, offensive or defensive lineman. So it was basically all seven on sevens. So Trey Lance is still in the beginning stage of learning the offense. So it would be a little wild if Trey Lance having played one game at North Dakota State last season and not having played a full season since 2019, if he were to just come in and be on equal footing with Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody who's been in the system since 2017, who's practiced countless times and all of that. But one thing I, I did think that was interesting, and and I want to uh, – you know, I, I really want to see practice and, and you know, see how, how this actually unfolds. And, and it's not that I don't believe Kyle Shanahan when he says things like this, but, you know, there was a lot of gassing up Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of how he did at OTAs. And, you know, I think there's a feeling that Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit angry. Um, he's super focused and dialed in. And, and Kyle Shanahan said it was the best he's looked during OTAs um, since he's been with the 49ers. Now, that doesn't carry a whole lot of weight because that could change. That feeling could change quickly if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out and just doesn't practice well over these next couple weeks. Um, there's also the element of, you know, it behooves the 49ers to talk up Jimmy Garoppolo because you're at some point likely to try to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and it doesn't do you any good to do anything that would diminish his trade value, right? Right. So everything you hear about Jimmy Garoppolo coming from the mouths of the 49ers is going to be positive. And so I wonder if that, and again, I'm not saying I, I don't believe Kyle Shanahan when he says things like this, but I just want to see if that's true on the practice field because OTAs are yeah. very limiting in terms of what you can actually take away from them. Um, and I want to see how the reps are divvied up if it really is you know, Jimmy Garoppolo being the only one getting reps with the starters um, versus Trey Lance only getting the reps with the number twos. Uh, I'm fascinated to see how it shakes out. And I have a feeling that Kyle Shanahan's going to do whatever he can. I mean, assuming both guys are practicing at a reasonably high level, I assume Kyle Shanahan's going to wait till the media's kicked out after the Chargers preseason game when we can't watch practice before he really begins that evaluation. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all if Trey Lance doesn't get any reps with the starters until practices are closed off to the media, or at least in the team right. drills are closed off to the media. So, you know, I, I think ultimately, look, Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter for right now. I think it's fair to say that he gives the 49ers the best chance to win, as you pointed out, if they were playing on Sunday. But they're not playing on Sunday, and there's a lot of time to, to figure this whole thing out. And there's also the element of, you know, is there, like, a playbook 
that Kyle Shanahan has designed specifically for Trey Lance that the league has not scouted yet because it hasn't been put on film. And is he just dying to, to unleash that on everybody? Um, and does it include a bunch of plays that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo can't run because he's not nearly as mobile as Trey Lance. So I'm fascinated to see how all that stuff works. Yeah. Just to put a bow on the, the Shanahan QB competition thing. If you told Every, you, me, everybody here in the in the green room, if you told everybody like, hey, what's Kyle Shanahan going to say when he gets asked these questions today? I'm pretty sure we all probably would have nailed it. And it was a very like straightforward, like you said, you have to talk of Garoppolo, not only for his trade value, but like there's locker room dynamics that matter here. And Garoppolo has, by all accounts, uh, done everything right to this point. And I don't think it would necessarily look great if Shanahan came out after telling Garoppolo, you're still going to be the guy, you're still going to have a chance, you know, you're still going to be the starter, you're still a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. If he had said all that and then come out in his first press conference before Trey Lance takes a snap with pads on and goes like, oh, yeah, it's an open competition. Like, that would have been the wrong thing to do, even if he thinks it. So I I just, I I think it was the very cookie-cutter thing to say, and it was all the right things to say, and I think it was uh, nothing if not predictable as far as as far as lance playing uh you asked a really good question about that today in the presser and thanks um yeah you're welcome uh (laughs) so so i that's one of the things i appreciate about 49ers fans is like they're so locked in that like everybody knows every reporter's voice now and so if I'm like, hey, I didn't hear the presser, like, who asked this question? I get 10 people that are like, oh, it was this person. It's great. It's the best thing. Anyways. Oh, that's awesome. Um, it is nerve-wracking, like, asking questions, knowing – it's more nerve-wracking knowing that, like, thousands of people are watching online than it is actually talking to these people. Yeah, dude. Like, and, and people know, like, you guys all have very, like, distinct voices. Everybody yeah. – er, like, anyways, it doesn't matter. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, you asked that question about – you know, playing 11 on 11 and, you know, trying to balance the development of Lance versus, you know, plugging him for some plays into the offense. And I thought what Shanahan said there was, was kind of funny because he's like, well, he doesn't need to practice running. Like the offensive line and the running backs just kind of need to know what to do. Um, and, right. and then the follow-up was whether there would be plays specifically run for him. And he said, well, no, not yet, but, you know, that's something we'll explore. We'll have to see. It's like, yeah, of course, dude, of course, because they have to they have to get him on the field, because if Garoppolo is the starter in week one and plays well, Lance Lance it stays healthy and plays well. Lance is not going to have a chance to win the job once the season starts. It's not like there's a bunch of reps going around in midweek practices. Well, so, Garoppolo, if Garoppolo is throwing three picks a game, I think there's an opportunity well, that, for Lance to unseat him. Well, yeah, and that's why I said if he if he's healthy and plays well. Okay. It's yeah, not yeah, like Lance is right. going to go into practice and, and blow the doors off and the coaching staff's going to go, oh, wow, he's no matter how well Jimmy's playing, Lance is just better. That's right. not going to happen. Right. So Patrick Mahomes to... didn't even do that when, when he was drafted in 2017. Right. So – if Garoppolo wins the starting job and plays well and he stays healthy, chances are Lance is not starting this year. So the Niners have to get him on the field. Like, they just have to. And I imagine that no matter what, Shanahan, barring a disaster in training camp where it's like, oh, geez, Lance can't even be the QB2, 
which would be a much larger problem. I can't fathom a scenario where he's not taking at least a couple snaps a game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I, I think ultimately it's going to be kind of a, a ace in Kyle Shanahan's hand, right, or in his pocket yes. or whatever. Like he's up his sleeve, you know, up his sleeve, whatever. Yeah, ace up his sleeve, whatever, whatever. The uh, I'm I'm still I'm still like fresh off sort of a, a long off season, but um, no, I I think there's absolutely going to be opportunities for Trey Lance to play, even if he's not the starter. Like you know, five snaps a game. Like I think that's pretty reasonable. You know, third and three anywhere on the field, whether even if it's you know. Uh, on your own 20 or or at the goal line, I think it would make a lot of sense to just add that dynamic because defenses aren't going to be prepared for it. They're going to have to account for a running quarterback, um, which they won't have to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'd imagine Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shanahan, given how good they are at scheming up the run and given how, given how potentially good the 49ers offensive line could be when it comes to run blocking, um, it could be a really valuable weapon, even if he's not starting. Uh, and it will be interesting to see because there, Trent Williams mentioned something today that I thought was interesting that I hadn't really um, thought about until he said he was like, yeah, I think it's a trend in the league. A lot of teams want to have that mobile quarterback that they can throw in there as a backup. And you think about Taysom Hill and s- scenarios like that, like there aren't a ton of guys like that, but I think it's interesting that, that, Trent Williams said that as sort of a trend because you you can look at some of the more forward-thinking teams in the league, right? Some of the better head coaches in the league. You have Bill Belichick doing it with Cam Newton to a certain extent. You have Kyle Shanahan potentially doing it with Trey Lance. You have um, Greg Roman doing it with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. There are some, not not a ton, but there are some scenarios where where this could become a trend and it could be something that other coaches try to replicate. Because there are a lot of really good athletes playing quarterback in college. And it's not, you know, if you could down the road, like if there's just a super athletic quarterback playing college and he's not, he's maybe not like a great thrower, but he's somebody who you could utilize in these sort of running situations. Like it might be something that teams start to look at. And maybe Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts is another example. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe that is something that becomes a trend. And we know Kyle Shanahan has, is one of the more forward-thinking offensive minds in the league, and so you wonder if people are going to follow his lead, his lead because um, because he's, he's just that type of dude that everybody wants to copy. And that, that's pretty 
apparent given all of the coaches off of the Shanahan tree that have gotten head coaching jobs recently. Um, is it? A, is it? I'm thinking about this now. Is it a trend? It's Taysom Hill. Well, I'm saying it could be a trend, right? If it Trey if it Lance works with Trey Lance, franchise guy. Yeah, if it works with Trey Lance, if it works with, you know, it's it's working with Lamar Jackson, obviously. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying, like the the seeds are there for it to become, you know, add a little water, let it grow. Maybe it grows into a trend over the next couple of years. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying sure. it's a trend now, but <laughs> but Trent Williams put my antenna up today when he was talking about it. Um, no, but to your point too, about like Kyle Shanahan basically said, like a lot of those quarterback run plays, it, they're, the blocking schemes are the same for the offensive line. And it's just like, you know, it's not, they don't, it doesn't matter to them when they're lining up and about to, you know, execute a certain running play. It doesn't matter to them who's carrying the ball. Right. So, so when, when they, if, and when they do incorporate Trey Lance into the offense in that way it's not going to be some like earth shattering thing that they need to practice a ton in training camp. And we're probably going to see very little of it over these next couple of weeks when we can watch practice. Um, can so it I'm go better to see how that goes? Can it go better than the Richie James and Jarek McKinnon wildcat snaps? I would hope so. That's the bar. <laughs> I would hope so. The reason why the wild, like I think it just maddened me it's, as like, the wildcat becoming a thing because the whole point of the wildcat was to have somebody back there who could throw. Right. So you can do both. And what the wildcat became after initially was popular and like effective, it just became running backs getting the snap and the defense knowing that there was no chance the ball was going to be thrown. So it was super easy to defend. Such an asinine like thing. It was, it was so dumb. And that's, that's where, like, when you talk about that trend changing, I don't think a, a mobile quarterback is necessarily, like, a new groundbreaking thing, but adapting your offense that, you know, to, a, to that mobile quarterback and allowing, allowing them – what am I doing here? Making their life easier when it comes to throwing the football. Like, Pat White from West Virginia. You remember Pat White? Yeah. I feel like Pat White's career goes a lot different if he is in the draft now. Because yeah, and that's coaches exactly have what adapted I mean, to yeah. how to, yeah. Yeah. Maximize um, their talent. That's what I was looking for. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll Fernando see. Fernando Tatis Jr. just hit a ball like 800 feet off James Caprellian. Sorry. Oh, that's awesome. It's great. Um so the other thing, the other the other big news, I guess, coming out of the the press conference today, was that, um, or I guess, just the news of today, Nick Bosa, D. Ford, and who's the third one? Jalen Hurd are not opening the season on an injured list. They're not on pup. The only two guys on pup were guys we already knew about: uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who um, had the knee injury over the summer, and Tarvarius Moore tore his Achilles. Those are the only two guys on pup. So Nick Bosa is going to be out there tomorrow and Jalen Hurd and D Ford are also going to be out there. I would imagine that they're not going to do any team drills, at least for a few weeks. I, th- I would imagine that they're going to be doing stuff on the side side field, maybe some conditioning stuff. It sounds like Nick Bosa is in excellent shape. That's not entirely surprising. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
given how much he exercises, he definitely exercises. (laughs) Um, that's a good bit, by the way, just pointing out that football players exercise. Yeah. That guy, that Um, guy doesn't skip leg day. (laughs) And, and for Jalen Hurd, like that's, that's a pretty big deal because we've spent a lot of time sort of talking about the third receiver battle. Um, so, you know, if, if those three guys are healthy, those are three very important players. John Lynch, you know, talking about D Ford, I think, you know, D Ford probably requires the most caution when it comes to looking at what he could contribute this year, because it is a back injury and, you know, one bad thing could happen to the back and then the season could be over. Um, but he's not on an an injured list. Easy for me to say. So, you know, I, that's one thing that we'll definitely be looking at this year, but, or this week, but, um, overall, like that's, that's really good news because if the 49ers are going to make a a championship run or at least win the NFC West, given how good it is, they're going to need both Nick Bosa and somebody else off the other side, whether it's D Ford or Samson Abukam to be good. And the offense would be helped in a huge way if Jalen Hurd could solidify himself as a third receiver, because you talk about Jalen Hurd's skill set and what it could mean on paper paired with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and the running game, you're talking about a really difficult offense to defend, and you add mm-hmm. another sort of positionless guy to that mix who could do a lot of different things if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and I think I think with with Bosa and more so with Ford and uh, and Hurd is so much of the conversation this offseason has been like, what do they do if Ford's not available? What do they do if Hurd is not available? And having them ready for training camp, at least for, for position drills, it doesn't sound like they're going to do team drills for, for a week or two, but having them available to start training camp is a great first step because a lot of the talk this se- this offseason was – okay, if these guys are healthy, you feel okay, but what's the contingency plan? What do you do if they're not healthy? So it's still a question mark. Like, D. Ford missed all but one game last year. Uh, Jalen Hurd has been in the league for two years and hasn't played in the regular season yet. It's still a significant question mark, but uh, that's a great step that they're not starting on PUP and that they pass their physicals. Uh, we it, it looked like D. Ford at various points in this offseason might retire, or might not be ready to go by the start of the regular season. So the fact he's ready to go by camp, I think, is really good news because you you hit the nail on the head. If they're going to win the NFC West, it's going to take – I don't think D. Ford needs to go have 10 sacks, but D. Ford needs to be on the field for 14, 15 games and be effective in those 14 or 15 games because that's the way the Niners' defense built. It's front to back. And you want to talk about question marks on the defense, you can go into the secondary. Um, Emmanuel Mosley starting the season on the COVID list. Jason Verrett has his injury history that um, I'm not entirely ready to put away yet. So with the way this team is constructed, D Ford and Nick Bosa are two of the most important players on the team. And if they're both healthy, I, I like the 49ers chances a lot more than, than if they're not. Yeah. And you remember in 2019, there was, you know, the second half of the season, there was a stint where the 49ers kind of struggled to get after the quarterback. And it coincided directly with D Ford having that injury before the playoffs. Um, and so even though D Ford only played 22% of the snaps in 2019, there was a very tangible difference between the pass rush when he was available and when he wasn't. I want to say the 49ers averaged something like four or five sacks a game 
when D Ford played and it was like down to two or three when he didn't. Um, and so that was, you know, that was a big deal as much as, you know, you would like to get more than six and a half sacks and 22% of the snaps from Ford, um, that season, he was still a, a really valuable player. And I think that just sort of speaks to the value of, of edge rushers as a whole, um, because of the way they, they can just change a defense. So, you know, if the 49ers are the 49ers defense last year was pretty solid, albeit without yeah. a lot of their best players. Um, so if they can maintain that sort of stable foundation, albeit with a new defensive coordinator and D'Amico Ryans and get Nick Bosa back um, and get more from, you know, the combination of D Ford and Samson Ebukam should be better than Kerry Hyder. Uh, Javon Kinlaw should be better this year than last year. And if all those guys are improvements over what the 49ers had last year, that probably means Eric Armstead's going to be in a better situation um, than he was yes. last year when, when he wasn't, you know, when he just had three and a half sacks as opposed to the 10 sacks he had in 2019 to lead the team. So defensively, you know, a lot hinges on those guys. So those guys are going to be under the microscope throughout training camp. I wouldn't expect a lot from them. And you remember like Nick Bosa didn't play in training camp or the preseason at all his first season because he had that ham or that, uh, sorry, he had a hamstring injury in June during OTAs. Mm -hmm. And then he had, then he sprained his ankle during uh, the first week of training camp. And he still came out and played in every game that year, including the playoffs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, what in terms of like how healthy they are for August is, is less important than how healthy they are for September, but it's definitely a good sign that they're not opening on an injured list. Another player who's not opening on an injured list is Jaquaski Tart. He had turf toe, and I believe he had surgery on that toe over the offseason to clean that up. He re-signs with the 49ers on a one-year deal. Uh, Will, in the, green, uh, in the green room chat, asks, um, which is more likely, Tony Jefferson being healthy enough to take the starting strong safety role, Tart doing likewise, or Marcel Harris taking it? Uh, what do you think on that? Um, well, it's really tough to trust Jaquaski Tart to be healthy. And the fact, Kyle right. Shanahan alluded to it today. There was question about whether or not Tart would start on an, on an, an I cannot say an injured list. I just can't say it. On an injured on, list. On pop. One injured list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, Tony Jefferson... It's coming off an ACL tear. He didn't play last year, I believe. So it's really hard to know with him, too. It's not an ideal... Like, they do have some guys. Um, they have Tavon Wilson also. But, you know, I don't know that I feel great about the strong safety situation right now. But the fact that Tart didn't end up starting on a uh, on Pup <laughs> is probably a good sign. I, I mean, the real loss here is Tavarius Moore. Yeah. Because I think Tervarius Moore would have been excellent in that strong safety role, particularly if you're trying to get more multiple in terms of the, the role for the safeties. You know, under Robert Sala, it was, it was more of a traditional, you know, Seahawks-style cover three with, with one safety high, and that was traditionally Jimmy Ward and Jaquasi Tart was down close to the box. Tervarius Moore, with his background of free safety and his 4-3 speed, uh, made him a real intriguing player in terms of somebody you could stick at strong safety and move around a lot. 
And mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryan's defense sounds like it's going to be much more blitz heavy, a little bit more aggressive, um, more of an attacking style, which means you probably want to be more more multiple in terms of what you can do at safety. So Tarverius Moore, in that sense, could be a big loss. Jaquaski yeah. Tart, for his size, is athletic and mobile and, and fast enough when he's healthy to play free safety. He's not quite as fast as Moore, but he does offer a similar element in that respect. Mm-hmm. But you just can't trust him at all to stay healthy. So, you know, we'll see. I think just given the familiarity and the communication and, and all that stuff, I would give the edge to, to Jaquaski Tart. Tony Jefferson's been a good player for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be entirely surprising. He's somebody we haven't seen at all. So I, I would love to give a more educated answer, um, but I just haven't even laid eyes on him yet. So um, I would say Tart's probably the favorite, um, but that, that a lot can change over the, over the next few weeks for sure. Yeah, I'm there with you, uh, and I don't think uh, Marcel Harris makes the team. Yeah, and there's Talano Hufanga, too, um, yeah. who's, you know, I, I think is going to be a standout on special teams early on. I know he said he made that a goal. That was that was one of the, <laughs> the most used quotes from, from the day he was drafted was when he said he wanted to be a pro bowler on special teams from the jump. Um, I could definitely see that happening. And yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up starting games too. Like he's just a really good player. The difference is, you know, talking about um, the versatility of Tavarius Moore given his speed, Ufanga just doesn't have that speed. So he's somebody who might be really good in the box and sort of a hybrid linebacker player. And it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me at all if he's like sort of a dime linebacker this year. But he's not somebody you really want like covering Tyree Kill over the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So, um, so it'll be interesting. I'm, I think the secondary, the defense as a whole is interesting, but I think the secondary and how all that stuff shakes out is fascinating because aside from Jimmy Ward, like there are just question marks basically at, at, at the other four spots. Yeah. And even, and even nickel, if you, if, you know, if you're worried about K1 Williams health after missing half last season too. Yeah. It's, and there's no, there's no like, surefire solution it's not like oh they have these two guys or three guys who are all you know jockeying for a starting job it's like which guy is going to emerge as a starter and when he does is he going to be good enough to start 17 games and be effective um it's it's the it for me like i know that the quarterback thing is a big deal and i know that health is a big deal but what the hell they're doing it in the secondary is the largest question that I'll be looking to answer throughout training camp. Like what's, what's going on there? Who's starting? How are they playing? Um, What's, what's the plan if a starter goes down? Like is Ambry Thomas going to be good enough to, to play and and start right away? Is Diamador Lenore going to be ready to play and start right away? So it's, it's a lot of, it's the quality and the quantity of the question mark <laughs> is, yeah. uh, is, is notable. Yeah. Um, so that, those will be the main things I, I am fascinated with Ambry Thomas. I think he's one of the more interesting players on the entire roster, to be frank, because if Ambry Thomas is good and he's good early on, 
you feel so much better about the 49ers secondary. Yes. If he's not, then you really don't feel good about the secondary at all, right? And by the way, Emmanuel Mosley is starting the starting camp on the COVID list. Um, so that's that's another thing they'll have to deal with. I don't know how much time he'll miss. I, I wouldn't imagine it's too much time. But um, John Lynch did say the 49ers as a whole are, are hovering around that 90% uh, vaccination rate as a team. So that's probably positive. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it, Ambry Thomas is a really important player. Diamondor Lenore is a really important player. I think Hufanga is sort of a wild card. Like, if he ends up yeah. just being an awesome special teams guy for the next four or five years, like, that's definitely a win. If he ends up being a starter, then that's a huge win. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it'll... I mean, we, we, said it, we said it right after the draft that if in 10 years, if Trey Lance is the only good player out of this draft, it's not a big deal. Like, right. like if, if, if Trey Lance is what matters long term for the 49ers, I don't think there's anything question anyone questioning that. On the other hand, in the short term, like Aaron Banks needs to be good and a starter right away. Ambry Thomas needs to be good and a potential starter right away. Uh, Diamador Lenore needs to be good and a potential starter right away. Like. You look up and down their their draft class, and while Trey Lance kind of stands out and everything else kind of feels minimal compared to that because of not only was he the number three pick, but, you know, they sent three first-round picks to move up there. But this season, their draft class, no matter how much or how little Trey Lance plays, their draft class is going to matter a lot to their success. Yeah, absolutely, just like 2019. It's just they're like, all gonna have they're gonna have they're gonna have roles. That was a huge theme from 2019, and it wasn't even just, you know, Nick Bosa obviously was a transformative player, but getting Debo Samuel to do what he did with with you know a thousand yards and really really bolster the the receiving core that season, and Dre Greenlaw obviously making the plays that he made, um, including the stop week 17 and now becoming a starter on a rookie contract, like really. I mean, the 49ers in 2019 had a ton of really good players on rookie contracts. Yep. And now the difference the difference between the roster now is a ton of these guys are paid, right? George Kittle's paid. Fred Warner's paid. Trent Williams is paid. Um, and, you know, those were – that was a situation that was, that was much different back then. So um, it's definitely a different dynamic now, but I still think like if you look at the blue chip players the 49ers have, whether it's Warner, Kittle, um, Williams, like they should, they they have a you know those top three guys should compete with anybody just in terms of like talent on you have on a roster, like your best five guys. If you're just taking like the Niners five best versus anybody else's five best, I think the 49ers stack up with anybody. But that's the, the but the rest of the roster is there are a lot of question marks and they might not have nearly the depth that they had um, in 2019. So that's what makes this draft class so important is like you can't just have a few guys. You need to you need to just not have weaknesses, right? Ultimately, the team with the fewest weaknesses <laughs> is is a team that wins the Super Bowl. Yes, and so I agree. That's, the best team does have a great chance to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what like no but i get the, no i get what you're saying it's not yeah. it's it's less about having a bunch of top end talent 
and more how deep are you? Like, I'd right. rather have a team that has, that has, I'm going to throw a number out, that has 15 players in the top 75 in the league instead of a team with the top five players in the league. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. I, I tried. I, I tried. I think I got you. Um, hey, the, uh, the Candlestick Chronicles beer comes out tomorrow. Hell yeah, it does. On Wednesday. So, if so you're, today, if you're listening. Tomorrow. Yeah, if you're listening to this, <laughs> if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the beer is out. Uh, go to Cooper. I think it's, let me, let me double check. I think it's Cooperage oh Brewing. Yeah, com will have the beer. You can order it online within, if you're within California. So they won't ship, it's illegal to ship alcohol outside the state. Um, but you can order it online within California. You can get the Cooperage beer. Uh, you can get the Candlestick Chronicles beer from Cooperage or any of their, you can mix and match. You can get a case. Um, I think a case is six four packs, I believe. Yeah, 24. Yeah. Yeah. Max. So you can get you can get a case of just a Candlestick Chronicles beer if you want, or you can order any of their other delectable beverages. Um, what were you gonna say? And, and here's if you're out of state and you want some, um, and you and also you are planning to go to a game at Levi's this year, hit me up on Twitter and we'll get you hooked up. Oh, look because, at that! Yeah, because we can't ship it out of the state, obviously, and that's not something I'm not gonna turn into a into a bootlegger. Like I'm not gonna turn into, you know, Al Capone or whatever to to uh to get beer out of the state. But I will keep some stashed in the event that anybody from out of state wants to wants to pick some up. You are a man and of will the people. Be in the state. I try my best. I am going to order probably a couple cases for myself tomorrow. Just um, for yourself? When it, when it does come out. Yeah, just for myself, because <laughs> why not? It has our name on it. How crazy is that? Um, but yeah, the beer's, the beer's going to be awesome. Um, and yeah, well, the, there's going to be a, a big donation coming out of it made for Redwood Empire Food Bank. And also, if you haven't heard, um, I'm going to plug it again. But if you haven't heard about our August 13 event at Cooperage, yes. uh, you should come because Matt Mayoko, Matt Barrows, Tracy Sandler, Nick Wagner, uh, Jennifer Lee Chan, Kyle Madsen, and myself are all going to be there. Um, we're going to do a live Q&A. We'll all be on stage with microphones, taking audience questions, maybe d- just having like a random regular conversation about the 49ers and training camp. Um, it's a night before the first preseason game. So there will be a lot to talk about. We'll have a lot of practice stuff to talk about that we've observed over in the time being. Um, so, yeah, good beer for a good cause. And if you like the 49ers, that's what we'll be talking about. So I think it's uh, I can't wait. It's a win for everybody. I can't wait either. I'm 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 overjoyed that this is happening. <laughs> Are you amped? Are you super? I'm, I'm pretty amped and psyched. It's good for our oh. journey, you know. Oh, I love this journey for us, for sure. <laughs> Um, so yeah, check out, uh, check out cooperagebrewing.com. Uh, you can get the Candlestick Chronicles beer, um, and, uh, it helps out the Redwood Empire Food Bank. And obviously that's, that's a good cause if you're familiar with everything Santa Rosa's gone through in the last few years, including all the fires and stuff. The food bank's been doing excellent work helping people in need. Um, and at the event, they will be there. They will be represented in taking donations there too. So, um, Keep that in mind. 
Uh, anything else? I don't think so. Okay. I thought Kyle Shanahan getting his years mixed up with Mike McGlinchey today was pretty funny. He was talking about Mike McGlinchey as though last year was his second year in the league. Um, and also his comment that the 49ers played from ahead more in 2019 and were playing from behind more in 2020, and that's why McGlinchey struggled, I thought was a really nice way of being like, this dude can't pass block. <laughs> and so when when teams can just pin their ears back and go, he's screwed. Uh, I thought that was that was a super interesting evaluation from the head coach about uh, about the fourth year right tackle. Yeah, um, I might be making too much out of it, but it just really the way the way that came out really really stuck out to me, and I wanted to make sure to bring it up. Right. Yeah. No. I, I think yeah. That's 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 a good point. It's a good observation by you because it. Generally, and I'm not saying Shanahan's doing this right now, but generally when you get a coach sort of reaching like that to praise a player, it's not a yes. great sign for that player. <laughs> right. You know, like, well, there are all these circumstances going against them. It's like, you know, when a guy has an all-pro <laughs> season, you don't really hear anything like that, right? It was you like know, he reached into a bucket of excuses. And it's right. like, oh, you know, COVID and – you know, it came in, the weight was different, but, you know, that could be good or bad. Uh, yeah. the, the the playing style was different. Was, you know, yeah. the weather was crazy. <laughs> Man, what? All, all that said, though, I think if if Mike McGlinchey's stock is, is at an all-time low right now, like, I would buy it. Right? Like, I think he's probably due for a bounce back year. I think last year was more the outlier than the norm. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but... That's just my feeling on on McGlinchey. I think I I think he's a good player, and I think he was he'll play more like he did in 2018 and 2019 this year than than 2020. In my estimation, we'll see. And we lost Kyle. All right, uh, that will be it. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review to Candlestick Chronicles wherever you get your podcasts on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Check out cooperagebrewing.com to check out our hazy IPA that goes on sale this week, Wednesday. And, of course, our August 13th event at Cooperage live Q&A with all the names we mentioned earlier coming out with us. It'll be a great time, and it's for charity. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. We'll have another podcast later this week talking about the observations. Up, oh, Kyle's coming back. Kyle, you, you came back just in time for the sign-off. I was just telling everybody how we're going to have another podcast this week to uh, to talk about observations from practice. So. Instead of all this speculation, we'll have we'll have real stuff to talk about. Do you have anything else you want to say before we get out? And he's muted. All right, I'm going to end this. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.